is high school weekend. We're glad that high school is with us, but it's also honoring graduates weekend. We're taking this entire weekend to honor people who have graduated. And if you're a graduate, we are so proud of you. Can we just celebrate our graduates today? We are proud of you. We are thrilled that you've accomplished what you've accomplished. And we're here to celebrate you. At the end of service, what we're going to do is we're going to have a moment. We're going to invite you to the front. We're going to pray over you and pray that God would bless you. So prepare your heart for that moment. But even though you've accomplished something great... I want you to know that God's not done. You may have completed one season, but God has another season for you. You may have completed one chapter, but God has another chapter for you. In fact, I've titled today's message, The Best is Yet to Come. Say it with me. The best is yet to come. I truly believe that this is a prophetic message for you and I, that the best days are still yet ahead of us. And I just felt a pause in my heart specifically for this moment that I believe there are some of you who are discouraged. You feel like you're overlooked. Maybe it's been a difficult season. And you know in your mind that the best days are yet to come. But in your heart, your heart is discouraged. I want you to hold fast to this promise. That God is good and faithful even when life is difficult. Even when there are struggles right in front of you. God is good and he'll get you through it. Be willing to hold fast to him. Be willing to believe that your best days are yet to come. God has not given up. He's still on the throne. He still rules and reigns. And he has something great for you, church. He has something he wants to entrust to you in the next season of your life. The best is yet to come. And so I want to take you to Proverbs chapter 16. And I want to unpack a couple thoughts to help us discover the best life that God has for us. So Proverbs 16, open up your Bible, open up your Westover app. But before we get to the text, I want to share with you a little bit about what the book of Proverbs is all about. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. And I just think that all of us, we need more wisdom in life. For you see, we live in a world with smartphones and unwise people. We need wisdom. And wisdom, what is wisdom? Wisdom is spiritual synthesis of understanding, insight, and knowledge. God brings all that together. He breathes his Holy Spirit into that insight, and then it comes alive. And I just believe in a season, in a moment, where there's things that are uncertain, we need God and we need his wisdom. And I just believe that God's going to give you some wisdom today about how you can achieve the best life that God has for you. And if you're here today and you want to upgrade your relationships, your business, and even your life, then get God's wisdom. In fact, the book of Proverbs says that wisdom is more profitable than choice silver or gold. It's more valuable than getting anything else in all of the world. For you see, when you get wisdom, you get life, you get prosperity, you get God's blessing. And so I think we need to crave God's wisdom. In fact, wisdom was the very first thing that God created. In Proverbs 8, what we learn is that wisdom was the first thing that God created and all of life is governed by the wisdom of God. And we need to seek out God's wisdom. We need to go to his word and say, God, I need wisdom. I need understanding. I need insight. For you see, there are problems and challenges in life that we can't solve without God. And God's wisdom gives us exactly what we need. In fact, I want to encourage the husbands today. Wisdom is personified as a woman. 
And so I want to encourage the husbands, the wife that you have is a wise woman. Listen to her. And all the women said, amen to that. In fact, I'll say to the husbands, if at first your plan doesn't succeed, just do it the way your wife told you to do it in the first place. And you're guaranteed to have success. The book of Proverbs is structured, I think, through the providence of God for our benefit. Why? Because Proverbs has 31 chapters, which means we can read one chapter a day every month and get God's wisdom in our heart. And if you do this every month for the entire year, you will step into the next year more wiser and more profitable and more successful than you've ever been before. I encourage you, lean in. Proverbs is a great place to start to get the wisdom that God can provide. I invite you to join me in Proverbs chapter 16. We're going to look at verses 1, 2, and 3, and verse 9. Let's read the word of God together. It says this, We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. Say right. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. We can make our own plans, but the Lord determines our steps. What I want us to notice in this passage is the fact that there is a contrast between what we want to do and what God can do. Between what we want to do and what God can do. And often what we'll discover in life is that there is a conflict between those two things. For you see, we often want our own way. It's what it says in the passage. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. Not about you, but there are moments when I am stubborn and I want to do things my way. And God's saying, no, no, no. Do it my way. And you'll discover that there's blessing on the other side of that obedience. And so God is challenging us today. He's inviting us to be obedient. You see, in life, we have limited capacity. But the good news is that we serve a limitless God. God is not impeded by time or constraints he supersedes over everything. And so whatever challenge or problem you're facing today, God is bigger than the things that you're facing. And we need to hold fast to a limitless, a God who can do impossible things. We must be willing to say, God, I'm willing to get on your program. I'm willing to follow you. And so today, I want to share with you three ways to qualify for God's best. Three things that we can do to qualify for God's best. Number one. Ask God for every answer. Ask God for every answer. Look at what verse 1 says. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. For those of you who have been in school, you know that the goal in school is to get the what? The right answer. That's the whole game. If you can get the right answer, you could get a great GPA. <clears throat> and sometimes that's challenging, but the good news is that it's not impossible. It's one of the reasons why we have textbooks, why we have recommended readings, why we have supplemental packets that we can read so that we can learn everything that we need. Because in life and in school, we want to get the right answer. But what I've often discovered in life specifically is that sometimes life leaves us with more questions than answers. And it's not just the simple questions and answers that we have in life, like what's two plus two? Often life presents us with very big questions that we don't have the answer to. Here's my question. 
Where do you go to get the right answer? Well, for many of us, we go to Google. We say, Google it. Look it up. Well, I went to Google, and I looked up, where can I find the answer? That was the question I put in Google. And these are some of the responses that I got. Here are some websites that claim, they claim to have the right answer. Brainly.com, brilliant.org, computerhope.com. Some of us, we need computer hope. Fixia.com, and then these two, question.com and answer.com. Now, I don't know what answers you can find there, but I promise you they're probably not the answers to the big questions in life. Like, is there a God and does he love me? What's the meaning of life? And where do we go when we die? And so many of us, we come in here with questions that we don't have answers to. And it's hard for us to admit that we've got doubts, even those of us who believe. Well, God wants to step in and gives us exactly what we need. He wants to give us wisdom. And so to illustrate this, I want you to imagine for a moment that your teacher or your professor gave you the opportunity to study the answer key for the final exam for 24 hours with no penalty. What would you do? I think if you're like me, you'd probably study it. Why? Because the answer key has the right answer. Often in life, we walk through with unanswered questions, failing to realize that God has given us an answer key called the Word of God, where we can get wisdom and insight and understanding and answers to the big questions in life. And God's saying, I'm going to give you wisdom with no penalty. I'm going to let you look at the answer key because I want you to have success. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to get my very best. Many of us, we wonder why we don't have the answers. Well, all we need to do is open God's word and read what he would say to us. I want to assure you that God's word is true. It's authoritative. It's faithful. It never changes. It's infallible. If you want to have a life of success, a life that works, read God's word. It's the place where you can find the wisdom that you need for the challenges of life. We need to come to the point where we believe that God's plan is better than our plan. That God's purpose is better than our purpose. That his path is better than our path. That's the good news. God is a better playbook for us. He's got a better handbook for us. He's got a better purpose for us. And we need to lean into that. So instead of going to Google, go to God. Ask him for the right answer. In the book of James, it says that if any man seeks wisdom, all he needs to do is ask God for it, and God will give it to him freely. If you need wisdom today, go to God. Why? Because God gives the right answer. And the reason he gives the right answer is because God is the right answer. God is the answer to the big questions in life. In fact, Jesus said this, I am the way, the what? The truth and the life. In a world of misinformation, in a world of opinion, we need the, the truth of God's word. If we want to know who God is, go to God's word and he'll lead us forward. Second way to qualify for God's best is follow Jesus into your future. Say follow. Follow Jesus into your future. Verse 9 says this. We can make our own plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Many of us, we want to be in charge of our own life. 
We want to determine where we go and what we do. And many of us, what we pray is we say, God, I'm going this way. Can you bless my plan? And God says, that's not how this thing works. The way this works is you pray before you plan. And then you pray while you work. God wants to be involved, not only in the planning, but also in how we live it out. It says this, the Lord determines our steps. I was thinking this week about the fact that we have GPS and how wonderful GPS is. Anytime I go to a, a new city, I turn on GPS because I'm unfamiliar of where I'm at and where I need to go. I don't know how to get to where I need to go. I can get from here to just about anywhere in the surrounding area because I know the area. But when I go somewhere else, I need GPS. And GPS is fantastic because it updates constantly. Now, I'm going to go a little old school. Do any of you remember those foldable maps? For those high schoolers, you all don't know anything about this. But you'd have to unfold a map and look and figure out your route ahead of time. And the problem was is that often the place that you wanted to go was right in a crease that was worn out and you couldn't see where you needed to go. So what would happen is... Uh, once you realized that that map wouldn't, wouldn't work, you went and you got an atlas. Any of you remember an atlas? These big maps that wouldn't fit. Where would you put it? You'd put it over on this side. Would you put it under the seat? Didn't fit. It was this massive book that had directions about where to go. And that worked for a little while, but then there was MapQuest. Any of you remember MapQuest? You'd type in your address, the address of where you're at and where you wanted to go. And then you'd have to print out your directions. That was an upgrade. Yeah, there was a point where we had to print out directions. But what would you do if the map quest was not updated with the detour and the construction zone that was going on? You were stuck. You'd have to try to figure out another way around. How do you do it? Many times in life, we're living a map quest life and not a GPS life. For you see, a GPS knows where the construction zones are, knows where the detours are, knows where the delays are, and it will reroute you right to where you need to go. In the same way, God doesn't want us to have a map quest faith. He wants us to have a faith in Jesus Christ where he is our GPS, our God positioning system, where he's updating things in real time to direct us where we need to go. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He directs us exactly where we need to go in real time. And if we're willing to listen to him, he'll get us where we need to be. But many of us, what we try to do is we try to go our own way. Trust me, when we go our own way, we're going to hit a detour. We're going to hit a delay. And God's saying, if you're just willing to follow me, I'll lead you into the future. God knows how to get you around the detour and the delay of life. There's a passage in the New Testament that says this. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. God wants to direct our steps. He wants to lead us into his future. Don't trust your own plan. Trust God. You can't see the future, but the good news is that he can. You can trust an unknown future to a known God. You can trust an unknown future to a known God. You can also give God your future. You may not know what your future holds, but you know the one that holds your future, and that's Jesus. 
He knows exactly where to go. He knows exactly how to get you there. We must be willing to let him lead us. Psalm 37, 23 says this, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. Say godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Let God order your steps. Let God line up the steps that you need to take in life. For you see, God orders what he ordains. God will order what he ordains. And all we have to do is run the play. All we have to do is say, yes, Lord, I'll follow you. I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll make that phone call even when it doesn't make sense to me. I'll give what you instruct me to give. I will bless whoever you instruct me to bless. If we live a life surrendered and dependent on God, he will lead us into the future that he has for us. I want to take a moment and speak to our parents. Parents, you're important in this equation, especially for the next generation. For you see, our job as parents is to plan a path into God's future for our kids and our students. That's our responsibility. Until they are launched out into the world, it is partly our responsibility to map out a path towards God. It's also our job to outline what the priorities are. For you see, their purpose is determined by our priorities. If school is important, we send them to school. Even though there's only seven days left of school, we still send them to school to communicate to them that school is important. If school is important, they're going to get better at school. If soccer is important to us, we're going to send them to practice. And hopefully, just hopefully, <laughs> they're going to learn how to kick the ball right. Well, if faith is important, then we're going to make church a priority. We're going to make faith community a priority. We're going to make gatherings a priority. Middle school and high school hangout a priority. We're going to make kids camp and kids camp junior and student conference a priority. Why? Because God wants to reach them right where they're at. There's two areas of life that we can examine that will reveal our priorities. Our schedule and our bank account. It's time and money. How do we prioritize our time and our money? For you see, what we schedule is what happens. And what we resource is what moves forward. And so I want to challenge our parents. Let's encourage our kids in a journey with Jesus. Let's move them forward in that. I have a question for you. Are your kids important to you? They're the most important people that God's entrusted to us, other than the spouse if we're married. Do we want God to work in their life? Absolutely. Well, this is one area where we have an opportunity to put feet to our faith. To say, this upcoming summer, we're going to pause and we're going to put you in a moment and an experience where you can have fun, where you can meet friends, where you can encounter the presence of God, where you can learn how to meet and follow Jesus, where God can clarify your purpose, your divine purpose. That's why we've created these opportunities called Kids Camp, Kids Camp Junior and Student Conference. It's to create a moment where your kids and students can encounter Jesus. We need to resource that. We need to value that. Yes, go on the vacation. Yes, take that trip. Yes, have fun this summer. But don't miss out on the moment that God has engineered to meet with your children and to advance them into his purpose. We parents, we must follow Jesus so that our kids can follow Jesus as well. Paul said this. 
follow me as I follow Christ. He said, follow my example. He says, I'm following Jesus, and I want you to follow my example as we follow Jesus together. So I want to encourage you, register your kids and your students for these experiences. Let's put feet to our faith. Let's communicate to them that faith is important. And to our high schoolers, I want to encourage you, make it to student conference. Let God speak to you. Let him pour something marvelous into your life. Let him answer the big questions you have. Let him give you peace about the challenge that you're facing growing up in this very difficult season of the world. God has not forgotten you, but he's inviting us to follow Jesus. And my challenge to you is follow Jesus with all of your heart. And you'll discover that he'll lead you into the future that he has for you. Let's invest in them so they can move forward. The third way to qualify for God's best is commit your next to God. Say next. Commit your next to God. Verses 2 and 3 says this. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. To move forward, we need to commit our next to God. Often in life, we want to do things our own way. And God's saying, I want you to do it my way. I want you to experience blessing and my favor. God doesn't want you to miss out on what he has for you. Your best is yet to come. But in order to get God's very best, we need to commit our next to him. And there's two ways that we can commit our next to him. The first way is let God be the master of your motives and your mood. Let God be in charge of your motives and your mood. Let him be the master of your motives and your mood because if he is not the master of your motives and your mood, then your motives and your mood will master you. Feelings make a great caboose, but a poor locomotive. It's great to have them. It's great to acknowledge them. But our feelings and our mood doesn't get us to God's purpose. And the second way is let God direct your next. Let God direct your next. It says this, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. My prayer has been for you all this week is that not only would God help you with your motives and your mood, but also that your actions would be fully devoted to him. The word of God promises that if we do that, our plans will succeed. God is making a promise here. He says, if you let me work on the inside of you and you allow me to direct what you do in life, the steps that you take, the actions that you take, then your plans will succeed. For many of us, what we want to do is we want to do it our own way. And maybe in the season previous, you've done things your own way. Well, today I want to challenge you in your own heart, whether you're here in the room or online, that you choose to commit your next to God. Be willing to say, God, I did things my way in the last season. But in this next season, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to do it your way. And it's a step of faith. And God, I'm a little nervous about doing it your way because I've never done it your way. And I don't know what's going to happen. God, I have a hard time trusting you. I have a hard time giving up control and believing that you have my best interest in mind. But I'm still going to do it. I'm going to commit my next to you. Well, I want to reassure you. That God will help you through. And my prayer for you is that God would give you the peace 
a peace that surpasses understanding, and that it'll guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, that as you step out in faith and follow him, that'll give you peace, that you're following him and that he has your best interests in mind. God has the best for you, and he wants us to take hold of it. And I want to speak to our graduates. Graduates, we're so very proud of you. We believe that God has a purpose for your life. And we're stepping into this moment to honor you right now. And so we're going to start with our high school students, our high school graduates. If you're a high school graduate, can I invite you to come up to the front right here, front and center? And as they come, can we just applaud them? <laughs> high school graduates, we are so proud of you. We believe in you. We're celebrating what God is doing in your life. And high school graduates, what we want to put in your hand is a Bible. Why? Because the Bible is a handbook for life, is a book of wisdom. And God wants to give his wisdom to you. And so we want to put this Bible in your hand. We want you to dig into God's word and discover that God is good and that he's faithful and that he has something for you. I want to assure you that if you follow this book, you'll find the answers to the big questions of life. If you follow this book, you'll know how to advance. If you follow this book, you'll get to meet Jesus in a powerful way. And we want to put this in your hand. I want you to hold on to this as you step into the next season of life, whether it's you're graduating from high school and you're going to the military, or you're stepping to, into a job or you're going to college. We want to put this in your hand and bless you. In fact, I want to invite Pastor Christian to come out and share a passage with you and pray over you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Hey, what a timely word. The best is yet to come. And so we declare that over you this morning. And I was reading in 1 Timothy. He's considered one of the first youth pastors in the Bible. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of all that you have accomplished. But we know that God is going to open new doors for you. And so I want to ask the church if you can extend your hands so that we can pray for this next generation. And what God has in store for them. See, the Bible says that we have hope and future in him. And so we're going to declare that right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we yes, love you. Lord. We thank you. And we're just so proud. Yes, and we're so excited for this moment that our high school seniors get to celebrate and start a new journey. We pray that you open new doors. We pray for your grace. We pray, Father God, for your favor in their lives, Lord, as they make decisions, we pray that you direct their path and their steps, Father God, in the name of Jesus. We love you, Lord, and we bless them. And in Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. Proud of you. Proud Can of you. Can we applaud them one more time? High school students, graduates, we're so proud of you. You may be seated. And now we get the opportunity to celebrate and honor college and graduate program graduates. If you graduated from college or a grad program, we want to invite you forward. We want to celebrate you as well. And I want to share with you what we have for you 
today. It's a mug. It's a coffee mug. And I know some of you collect coffee mugs. What it says is commit your actions to God and your plans will succeed. We put the verse that we referenced today in the message. And in this cup, we have a payday because we believe that you deserve a payday. We're praying for a payday just like you are. And I'm just believing God's going to give you the payday that you need. We also have a Starbucks gift card because we want you to enjoy a cup of coffee without the pressure of studying for an exam. We want you just to sit at Starbucks and sip the coffee and just say, wow, I did it. I got it done. And we just want you to have this moment and enjoy it. But we're super proud of you. We believe that God has a great purpose for you. And we want to put this in your hand because we believe in you. We believe that God is going to do amazing things in your life and through your life. And I just want to pause here and ask, did any of you complete your program while you were raising a family? If you're raising your family, I want to invite you to raise your hand. We have an extra special gift for you. And this gift is a gift card to Santico's Theaters. We want you to take your family to a movie. We want to bless you because we know that you've given up time. You've given up moments. You've had to say no to family functions. You've had to cut moments short. You've had late nights and early mornings. You've burnt the candle at both ends and even in the middle just so that you could complete this program. And we want to pray that God would redeem the time for you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to extend our hands to these graduates and pray that God would bless them in the next season. God, we are grateful for these graduates who have followed you and completed this important moment. I pray, Lord, you bless them above and beyond. I pray, Lord, that you redeem the time, the time that they've given up, the time that they've dedicated to this program. I pray, Lord, that there's no impact in their family life and in their marriage, God, that you would restore that to them. I pray, Lord, that as they step into the next season of life, that you would order and ordain their steps, that you would speak, that you would speak prophetically to them about what they can do in the next season to fully fulfill the purpose that you have for them. I pray, Lord, even right now, that you would remind them of what you've promised in the past. Bless them today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Can we give them another hand? We're so proud of you. We believe in you. And to the rest of you, we're so glad that you joined us today. This is Connect Weekend. In fact, for our high school students, we have a Connect moment in the main lobby for you. But also, if you're here, we have something refreshing we want to put in your hand just to celebrate. We invite you to hang out for just a little bit. Get to know someone else. Have a conversation. Also, want to make mention that if you're brand new to Westover, my wife, Pastor Danae, and I would love to meet you at Guest Central in the main lobby. Also, if you need prayer, our prayer team will be available here in the altar at the very end. And finally, next weekend, we're starting a brand new series on spiritual and mental health. We want you to be a part of that. God bless you, and we are dismissed. <laughs>